You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 60s Reboot Podcast, the only podcast that reviews and reboots a classic 1960s TV series for today's audience. The show is brought to you by the Electronic Media Collective and Downs Studio. I'm your host, Matt D., and today we have a very special guest, all the way from the Grolic Cinematic Universe, one Jasper. Hey, Jasper. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you been? Not not too bad. Uh, just fought the flu off, so feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That flu the flu always always sucks getting it this time of year, which you know makes yeah. begs to differ. Do you do you get the flu shot? Uh, I don't. I was told by my doctor that actually I was that at my age at thirty one that I'm not technically supposed to get it. It's like more for young, real, real young, and real old. But I'm I'm not too sure how much I trust my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bad to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the Grolic Cinematic Universe, um, which is a podcast that I enjoy listening to. Why don't you tell us, tell my audience a little bit more about that? So what we do is we take either two random movies or two movies that have somewhat of a connection. And then we take those two movies, we review them, talk about them, and then we try to put them in the same cinematic universe. So, like, one of the movies we did, or one of the combos we did was Baywatch and Knight Rider, and we basically got that off the David Hasselhoff connection, and then we put them into a movie, the same movie, as sequels in the, in the rest of the series. Sounds pretty cool. I know I'm a, I'm a big Knight Rider fan myself, and I, I, I remember listening to that episode, and I thought it was rather entertaining. So, hey, any of my listeners out there, if you want to hear about two movies getting mashed together... Check out the GCU, that's the Grolic Cinematic Universe, with uh, Jasper and Randall. All right, well, Jasper, when I invited you on, we were talking about what show we would cover, and uh, I gotta say, I am, I'm rather excited about this show. We, uh, we decided to go with um, the Beverly Hillbillies. Do you recall watching the Beverly Hillbillies when you were younger? I do. Um, so when this show... Um, I would basically, I would, would guess you could call it syndication or, or just repeats came on during when I was hanging out with my grandma and we'd watch this and Matt Locke and, and Dukes of Hazzard and all that stuff. And it was kind of like in that, that same block of shows. So, um, I watched quite a bit of it. You know, I could probably watch episodes and be like, Oh, I remember this, you know? But to watch it from front to back, no, I haven't. I haven't, but I know a lot about it. Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, because I was not alive when it first came out, but I did. I watched it in syndication as well, and uh, it's actually one of my favorite uh, '60s television shows. So I'm glad that I can at least uh, cover it w- with someone else who appreciates the uh, the Clampets and the Beverly Hillbillies. So well, let's go ahead and talk a little. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. So, the Beverly Hillbillies is uh, an American sitcom television sh- series broadcast on CBS from 1962 to 1971. 
The show centered around a poor backwoods family from the Ozarks region who moved to a posh Beverly Hills, California after striking oil on their property. The characters included the father figure, Jed Clampett, his mother-in-law, Granny, his daughter, Ellie Mae, and his genius nephew, Jethro. Assisting the family was the Clampett's high-priced banker, Milburn Drysdale. Drysdale was also looking to make the Clampett's more civilized in the Beverly Hills environment. However, his efforts usually backfired with some hilarity, um, and Drysdale was also wanting to keep them with the Clamp keep the Clampets in Beverly Hills so that they would keep their money in his bank. The TV series ran for nine seasons from 1962 to March 1971. The first three seasons were filmed in black and white, even though color film was available. The first two seasons were ranked first in the Nielsen ratings, making it the number one television show in America. The show's theme song helped the audience get a background to the show each week. The theme song, The Ballad of Jed Clampett, was written by producer and writer Paul Henning and originally performed by the bluegrass artist Flats and Shrugs. Now, what I do want to insert here is that uh, the song is very popular and that it actually uh, had a Weird Al Yankovic treatment. Uh, some of you might remember from the 80s the Dire Straits' uh, Money for Nothing, and Weird Al covered it uh, with a very similar type of music video. Jasper, do you remember uh, the Weird Al theme song? I would probably remember it if I heard it, but I haven't heard or I haven't listened to a lot of uh, Weird Al a lot in a long time. <laughs> Back to the Beverly Hillbillies. So, Flat and Scruggs subsequently cut their own version of for the theme song for Columbia Records and released it as a single. It reached number 44 on the Billboard Hot 100 music list and number one on the Billboard Hot Country chart. The show was produced by Filmways and was created by writer Paul Henning. It was followed by two other Henning-inspired Country Cousin series on CBS, The Petticoat Junction and its spin-off Green Acres, which reversed the rags-to-riches country-to-city model of the Beverly Hillbillies. Along with the sister shows, there was a reunion show back in 1981 and later a retrospective show that aired in 1993, followed by a 20th Century Fox movie starring Jim Havern, it's me, Ernest, Varney. I, I gotta ask, since you're 31, were you were you alive in 93? Yep, yep. Um, I, was, I was born in 88, and I was a huge, huge Ernest fan. <laughs> huge Ernest fan, I loved her. Goes to jail. Oh, man. I actually kind of been wanting to rewatch those movies lately. I gotta say, my, my favorite one was uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. When he uh, yeah, when he was standing on the camp sign, and uh, he knocked it over, and everyone's like, "Ernest broke the sign." <laughs> <laughs> but then, that was the 1990s, and and we're looking to the 60s. So, let's take a look at our cast. All right, all right, Jasper. Since you're our guest today, we'll go ahead and let you cover the first uh, the first Clampet, and that Clampet was Jed Clampet, as played by Buddy Ebsen. What you cooking, Granny? Done cooked and cooled. That's my spring tonic. Mmm, got a dandy head on it this year. <laughs> How come you cooked up such a big batch? You fixing a tonic the whole town of Beverly Hills? That's just a start. Now, Buddy Epson, he was um, an older gentleman, and uh, he kind of had a great way of playing a Ozarkian uh, hillbilly, and uh, he kind of had a, a father, he was a father figure, 
he had a way of portraying uh, some intelligence to the to the character as well as being a, a bit of a hillbilly. And he was always diffusing um, the situation that came up in the series. Um, basically, he was he was just a really a really interesting character as a as a father figure. So, uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you so that you can kind of tell us a little bit about the Jed Clamp that you came up for your recast. Okay, so um, I was thinking about this, and this, this is one of the the one of the names that just popped out to me when I when I thought about it to play Jed was Sam Elliott, who is um, is the dad in, in in the ranch that's on Netflix now, and he was in The Big Lebowski, and he's in a couple other things. But I was like, there is no real other like country guy or country kind of backwoodsy guy I would like to see other than Sam Elliott. <laughs> um, I think he would play a great Jed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't uh, disagree with that, 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 that choice. That's a, that's a really, really on target choice. Yeah. Cause I mean, basically if you think about it, the ranch is, is a bit like um, the, the Sam Elliott in the ranch is a bit like Jed, Jed Clampett, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. downwoods, you know, down to earth kind of guy, you know, and I was actually thinking about using uh, Sam Elliott, but, uh, I went. I went a, uh, a different guy. I went with uh, William Sadler. You might remember him from Die Hard Two, and uh, he was the uh, the main bad guy in that. And I'm trying to remember what other TV show that he was in just recently because I'd like to try to keep it in the TV realm. Oh, because he was in Agents of Shield. He played um, the president of the United States of America, and you know he's gotten older. He uh, I think he could pull off a uh, a Jed Clampett. Um, he certainly has um, kind of a little twangy voice when he speaks, so I think he would be a, a really good Jed Clampett. Um, definitely has kind of like that father figure look to him. Yeah. So after Jed Clampett, we go to Granny Moses. Gra- Granny was played by um, Irene Ryan. Then I'm going to commence on the rest of the country. Everybody? No. Just the Democrats and the Republicans. They need tonicin, do they? Right, Jed. They is in such bad shape, one party can't walk and the other one can't even stand up. Who told you that? They did. I've been watching the TV. The Republicans claim that the Democrats is dragging their feet. And the Democrats come back and say that the Republicans ain't got a leg to stand on. I think out of almost everybody on the show, she'd be the hardest to recast because it because the way that played her was she was just so out there for that kind of like time frame and kind of that that role. She was kind of like the reason I would kind of watched actually was just to watch her kind of be crazy, you know. Oh yeah, she was she was definitely the the backwoodsy character that brought the most humor. I I always thought it was funny that she would. Whenever like a neighbor would come by, she would all, uh, constantly uh, threaten to get out the uh, the shotgun and shoot rock salt at him. <laughs> yeah. So with with that craziness, that zaniness that 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 character brought, and you know, she kind of had that that old timey uh, feel to her. You know, that backwoodsy kind of thing. I uh, I decided to go with a character uh, character actress who I've seen has truly embraced the craziness sometimes. And um, that would be that would be Carol Kane, which if you ever watch Gotham, she's currently playing or she played 
uh, the penguin's mom. And she kind of has that, she's gotten older. She's definitely got that old look to her. She's really kind of crazy. Um, I think she'd, she'd be a great Granny Moses. So I went, I went like real out there with this one and I picked Betty White. Um, <laughs> I thought, although she's a little bit more subdued actually than the lady that played Granny Moses. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to go with Betty White. <laughs> man, I like that. That's, that's two for two for you, man. I, I, I'm definitely on board with the Betty White. You're playing the white card. <laughs> The Betty White card. Yeah, right? yeah, you can't you can't lose with the white card. The Betty White card. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't think of anybody else. I was like Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I need an older actress who's kind of crazy. Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> well, Betty White. I think I really like that idea. Really great, uh, great character. So after. After Granny Moses, and uh, then we uh, look at the other female lead in the show, and that was Ellie Mae Clampett. And she was originally played by Donna Douglas. Wait. I'm ashamed of you. Running off from Miss Hathaway. I didn't run away from Miss Hathaway. What'd you climb up here for? To cut a fork for that new store-bought slingshot she brought. Did she bring you a slingshot? Fanciest thing you ever did see. Just a minute, I'll hook it up and you can see for yourself. Look at that. <laughs> a store-bought, lace-trimmed, double-barrel slingshot. Ain't it a doozy? I don't know how good I can aim it, but it'll sure throw a heap of rocks. <laughs> For the 1960s, she was the uh, she was the eye candy for um, yeah the series. She uh, she was definitely a looker, and she definitely portrayed that uh, backwoods. You know, I'm gonna say backwoods a lot. That uh, country girl that uh, you would see like the girl next door kind of feel, but uh, she was also oh. kind of a tomboy and 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 tough on tough as nails. So, I mean, uh, I can remember several times where she, Drysdale would try to um, set up a date with her and some Hollywood um, type. And she'd wind up uh, basically wrestling them or, or coming into some kind of fisticuffs. Right. Always always taking them out. Like, not the way they want to be taken out, but... Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, throw them <laughs> <laughs> So, for my choice... For a new LMA Clampett, I went with an actress named Rose McIver or McIver. I think it's McIver. She's actually, if you've ever seen the TV series I Zombie on the CW, um, she's the main actress. Okay. She's definitely got the uh, the Ellie May um, kind of look. You know, she's got that uh, that girl next door look, and I think that with the I Zombie. TV series, there's been several situations where she's had to be like a tough um, bro dude kind of person, you know. So I think she could definitely pull off an Ellie Mae who's, you know, tough as nails as well as um, kind of sexy and, and uh, yeah, 
that's what that's what I felt with with my pick. I picked uh, Kaylee Cuoco, who is on Big Bang. Um, <laughs> she has the looks, and she has the in, in that show kind of shows the toughness that that Ellie would have had. But yeah, my my pick was was Kaylee Cuoco. Nice. I think I'm saying that name right. Yeah, I was gonna say I I can never pronounce her last name, Penny. <laughs> yeah, Penny. 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 I think she would have the looks, and she, you know she has the the screen grab, like you know, or the you know she can she can get the viewers with that, and being the tough girl too. Totally. I mean, if you think about it, the Penny character was a bit of a country girl from, um, gosh, where was that from? Uh, Nebraska. Yeah, she was. I believe from Nebraska. I don't know. I any, she was I, supposed to- I, I don't know any farmers. <laughs> I say I don't know any farmers or anybody from Nebraska. Right. <laughs> All we have is corn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after LMA, we have the last of the Clampett clan, and that is uh, Jethro or Jed's uh, nephew Jethro Bodine, um, originally played by Max Bear Jr. It's a dry damn. Howdy, Mr. Drysdale. Jethro. What can I do for you? Well, uh, we're sorry to bother you, but we've been talking about Jethro's future. Yes? Well, you see, his ma, my cousin Pearl, always wanted him to amount to something. You know, get himself a good job like uh, president of a bank. Uh, well, how about making him a vice president? We'll give you a nice big desk with your name on the door. Would you like that, Jethro? Oh, well, that's dandy. But what would I be vice president of? Now, in the TV series, it was said that uh, Jethro was the the genius of the family because he had gone all the way to sixth grade. So he had a sixth grade edumacation. Um, right. Which I always thought it was funny when he did his gozintas and he did his cyphers. Um, and uh, it always seemed like he was he was wanting to do something special out in Beverly Hills. I mean, he, he tried to get him doing several different jobs because, again, he was like the smartest one in the family, um, which which is kind of funny because, you know, they said that he was the smartest one in the family, but yet Jed always managed to um, kind of come in with a, with a sense of reasoning and, and level-headedness. And, and actually, I think Jed was actually the smarter one out of the, the whole Clampets. But, you know, Jethro had that sixth-grade education, and so he was considered the, uh, the smartest Clampet, or the most educated and I always liked when he was doing his uh, his siphon, and he would stamp his feet when he was adding, kind of like um, right, kind of like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Jasper, it's uh, your turn to go ahead and tell us who you who who you chose to recast for uh, our character Jethro Bodine. So I kind of went with the the same ranch. I really think that Ashton Kutcher would play this this role well and i think I, I do like even watching the ranch which i did last year was um i like the chemistry between him and sam elliott you know and i think they could they could really i'd almost think that ashton Kutcher would fund the reboot <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get him on the phone right now and see if we can get him to uh to do our 60s reboot let him fund it and then we'll write scripts with him yeah, he's a he's a good fit. He's a good fit. I like that. Um, I, uh, I I I thought about using him as well because you know because he's got the 
I just started watching the ranch myself, so I, I know what you're talking about. Um, come on, when he's talking about how he was up in Canada playing Canada football, and uh, there was that ice sculpture of Wayne Gretzky, and uh, he had to take a leak and he ended up peeing on the on the sculpture. <laughs> yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. That's definitely uh definitely a uh, Jethro Bodine character or Death Jethro Bodine actor. But um, I went a little different. I went. I went with um, a Canadian actor who we've seen on the on the uh, CW. I kind of went CW with a lot of these, and uh, I chose Robbie Amell. Now the name Amell might be familiar to a lot of people who've watched Arrow. Um, Robbie's cousin Stephen Amell played um, the Green Arrow in the TV yeah. series Arrow, but uh, Robbie's known for um, being the first Firestar on the Flash series. Uh, he played okay. Ronnie uh, Ronnie Raymond, and he also has his own TV series for a while there that's on Netflix called The Tomorrow People. Um, but he's kind of got a, um, I think he's got the same look as Jethro Bodine, and I think he could probably play um, kind of a ditzy kind of guy. Yeah, he's definitely no Ashton Kutcher, but uh, if we couldn't afford Ashton, we could probably uh, we could probably get Robbie. <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's the poor man, Ashton Kutcher, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but we, but if we can talk, if we can talk Ashton Kutcher into funding the project, then we'll get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So after the Clampets, uh, the next major supporting character for the series is uh, Milburn Drysdale. Come on, boy. Maybe we can get you into one of them schools back home. Home? No! What I, what I mean is let's not give up so easily. Now, this may take time, but we'll find this boy a college. Can I help look? We'll all look. We're going to find just the right place for you. I'll commence looking right now. I'll go to UCLA, USC, MIT, LSU, VMI. <laughs> no, it ain't enough he ciphers like a win. Just listen to him spell. <laughs> Well, Chief, you've really done it this time. Don't worry, you'll think of something. How could we get a boy with a sixth grade education into college? It's going to take determination, ingenuity, salesmanship, and a fantastic amount of money. <laughs> really? Now, Milburn Dyes Drysdale, he was the, uh, the big city banker that was always concerned about the bottom line, always wanting to keep the Clampett's money in his bank because he was Mr. Greed. For Milburn Drysdale, he was originally played by a guy named Raymond Bailey. And uh, Raymond definitely took that whole, you know, greedy banker to, uh, to, to task, you know, to, 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 to the nines. I mean, he, he had it down pat. I mean, I can think of several episodes where he was doing all kinds of shenanigans and, and crazy schemes to keep the Clampets in Beverly Hills. You know, so much the fact that I think there was an episode where Ellie Mae wanted a pet gorilla. So Milburn Drysdale actually hired a guy to wear to get dressed up in a gorilla suit and to be Ellie Mae's pet. So of course, you know, Ellie Mae really enjoyed it, but Granny wanted um wanted the ape to do something, you know. So she actually, you know, sent him to task to like wash the uh wash the laundry and, and I remember the uh in that particular episode the gorilla guy uh, was complaining to Milburn Drysdale. He's like, look, the little old lady made me wash their clothes with lye slope. It tore up my gorilla hands. So it, it was it was always 
funny and interesting how Milburn Dreisel would come up with some kind of schemes to move the plot along for the for the TV show. So for for a Milburn Drysdale, for a guy that that you know is a money loving banker, I have to admit there was actually two names that I, I I wanted to, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the first name that I think is kind of comedic, and um, I don't know if we would ever be able to get him for the TV show because he he was a reality personality, um, but now he's got another job, and uh, this might be where my listeners switch off depending on their um, political views. But I would have picked um, Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Okay. No, seriously, I can though. See it. <laughs> I weirdly see it. <laughs> That's the comedic answer. But no, really, um, I would choose a guy by the name of David Anders. Now, David Anders is uh, is a guy who's been in iZombie. Because again, I'm going with CW on this. Uh, he played the. Um, evil zombie guy who was also like a gangster um and he was uh-huh. also he was also in heroes the tv show from the early 2000s about superheroes and he played one of the main bad guys who actually could heal from any wound and live forever his character in i zombie is definitely similar to milburn drysdale because he's always looking out for himself he's more concerned about money he does a lot of shady things on the tv show so i think he can definitely take that milburn drysdale character take it to the next level so i'm gonna throw it back to you jasper who did you uh who'd you pick for a milburn drysdale um so i reached i reached a little, little bit out uh, and you know i don't my only issue with my pick was i don't really see him doing like the shady stuff but and i had to reach into kind of like the movie actors was uh michael kane oh um i thought michael kane would play an excellent banker <laughs> <laughs> totally especially um alfie um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. I can see Michael Caine being a Milburn Drysdale. So assisting Milburn Drysdale is his uh, his secretary, Jane Hathaway, as played by Nancy Culp. Mr. Clapper, I cannot handle that daughter of yours. What happened? I opened that box of beautiful clothes, turned my back for a moment, and she bolted like a wild colt. I was afraid this would happen. Where is she? She's up there. I'll go right up and talk to her. Jethro, have have you been upstairs yet? No, ma'am. Then you've got a surprise coming to you. What is it? Your sweets. <laughs> so are you. No. Now Jane Hathaway, she had um, she had this moral code, and she was always trying to help out the Clampets, as well as try to keep her job, so that Milburn Drysdale wouldn't um, wouldn't fire her. Because he was always up to some shadiness, and and it seemed like Jane Hathaway was was trying to keep him in the uh, the straight and narrow. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to you, Jasper, as to who you would pick for recast for this character of uh, Jane Hathaway. Uh, so for that one, I picked uh, Kate McKinnon, who is on SNL right now, and. Um, I thought she she would be able to play the the role enough seriously, and then be kind of funny, like as as Jane was with with the family sometimes, where she you know she found them kind of fun. But um, I think she could, she could play it. Oh right, right, oh. yes. The name wasn't f- familiar for me right away. Once I saw her face, I'm like, okay, Kenny. Yeah, she was in Ghostbusters. She played the yeah. uh, the Egon character, or the Egon like yeah. 
the Egon-like character. Good pick. I like that. I like that, Kate McKinnon. For myself, I picked an actress by the name of Maggie Grace. She's an American actress. What is she, was she in? Oh, she was in the, the movies Taken. She's currently in um, Fear the Walking Dead. And she was in the TV show Lost. And I really haven't seen her do a whole lot, but she kind of has that Jane Hathaway look. Because I mean, my Milburn Drysdale is a little younger and whereas, you know, Jane Hathaway and Milburn Drysdale in the original series were probably closer to their late 40s, early 50s. Um, my Milburn Drysdale is probably closer to his mid-30s or maybe even early 40s. And then I wanted to match somebody up that could probably portray an assistant, an administrative assistant, secretary, whatever you want to call him. That's a little bit younger. Might be able to, like, you know, portray a, a, a younger-looking Jane Hathaway, a younger... A younger person that could, you know, try to keep a moral code. Chose random actress A. <laughs> so the last character to cast for our 60s reboot is Milburn Drysdale's wife, and that would be Margaret Drysdale. Um, now, Margaret Drysdale was played by Harriet E. McGibbon. Drysdale's office is Hathaway speaking. Boston. That must be Mrs. Drysdale. No, don't put her on. They'll only make my life miss. <laughs> How are you? How are things in Boston? Oh, the doctors here are just as silly as the ones in Beverly Hills. They insist there's nothing wrong with me. They've got me so depressed. I just had to call and talk to my darling. Are you taking good care of him? Margaret Drysdale was a um, was a female character that um, was all about the money. I mean, she complimented Milburn. She was able to uh, be a socialite as well as constantly, you know, spending their money. You know, she uh, she made their son a, a bit of a mama's boy. Um, and she was always, always getting into fights with Granny. She expected a certain something out of the property that the, the Clampets were living on. She was always trying to make things look nice in, the, in their neighborhood. You know, even though they live in these huge mansions and there's probably like acres upon acres of, of forest and, and greenery that kept their houses apart, she didn't want to see any eyesores. So she was always, you know, being a bit of a thorn in Granny's side. With that said, I, uh, I wanted to pick an actress that could portray a bit of a um, see you next Tuesday <laughs> to, um, to our, our, our Granny. And um, I went with the actress Allie Larder, which you might remember from the TV show Heroes. She had like three different roles, and she was also the big, big name in uh, the movie uh, Final Destination, Final Destination 2, Destination 37, Final Destination 45. I'm running out of Final Destinations. <laughs> it's, it's, Final Destination has the same question I have about the game Final Fantasy. If it's the final one... Why is there so many? <laughs> <laughs> there should only be one movie called Final Destination. There was one just because it should be Destination Not Quite Final. Yeah, Partial Final Destination. <laughs> About right. to reach your Final Destination. <laughs> All right, Jasper. So who would you pick to play um, Margaret Drysdale? Um, so I picked, because I could see her playing this role very well, is Susanna Thompson, who was the mom in Arrow. Oliver Queen's mom. Nice. Um, who played Moira Queen. But I think she would play that role very well because she's got kind of that 
she can play the, you know, I need a, everything needs to be pitcher perfect. It also play kind of like the devil, you know. Nice. I like that. I like that choice. I de- yeah, I can definitely see her playing a uh, a Margaret Drysdale. She, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much what um, uh, Moira Queen was. She was she was kind of a Milburn Drysdale. You know, she cared about her her kids. She wanted everything perfect in her house. You know, yeah. I I totally I, I you got me sold on that one. So that's uh, that's our recasts, our different choices of actors and actresses to portray our characters. So we're gonna take a short promo break and when we come back we will discuss a an elevator pitch for a new season of the beverly hillbillies hey you listener do you like the scary the terrifying and the macabre then boy do i have a podcast for you head on over to moose's marvelous wood burnings on facebook on the 25th of every month starting in october for new episodes of moose's monster match a podcast about horror where myself and one of my friends sit down each month and discuss different horror movies. That's Moose's Monster Mash, and it's only available at Moose's Marvelous Woodburnings on Facebook.com. Hey, this is Jerry. You, uh, you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start? Don't know how to get any anywhere on it? Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast for this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and, oh wait, that's Game of Thrones. Never mind. So you want to have an epic, crazy podcast? Check out podedit.com. Randall Sylvia will help you out. Number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast, get you started. Good rates. Podedit.com. Check it out. He gets Jerry's seal of approval. All right. Welcome back to the 60s Reboot Podcast. Um, You've just heard some really cool promos, and I have no idea what they are right now because I haven't edited it together. So I'll probably (laughs) drop in something about podedit.com or comics with my kids or maybe even the Grolic Cinematic Universe if I can possibly talk Randall into sending me something that I can put in there. Okay, so now we're going to discuss um, a possible Beverly Hillbillies reboot uh, TV show for today's audiences. So I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw one out there. Um, this is a bit of a one that's been forming in my head ever since we first started talking about uh, doing the Beverly Hillbillies a few weeks ago. And now the original premise was that um, Jed Clampett was out shooting, hunting for some food when. Um, he somehow shot a bullet so fast and so hard it went through the ground and it hit a vein of oil. And next thing you know, there was up from the ground came a bubble and crude oil, that is, black gold, Texas tea. So since today um, we're looking in, a, in an area where we have global warming, we don't want to really promote too much um, oil usage. Um, so I was trying to come up with an idea that, okay, how could the Clampets, who are these hillbillies, move from Beverly Hills? What could make them rich to move to Beverly Hills? Well, what if, spitballing an idea here, what if, um, Jethro was really this, like, super intelligent, um, guy who could look at, mm, I don't know, computer code and write a really cool program, and then next thing you know, uh, he sells it to 
Bill Gates, and suddenly they're rich because he's now invented the newest program that's like um, Word Doc and Skype, and I don't know, I haven't really figured out what what that computer program would be, or or, or some, something like that. So then uh, they wind up moving to Beverly Hills, and um, basically Hilary ensues as as we would have similar storylines that we had back in the 60s. But it'd be centered more along the lines of computer programs, uh, Apple phones, like maybe Granny gets gets a, um, a Windows phone and she has no idea how to use it, so she winds up using it as um, something to, to prop the table up. And then when she gets a phone call, she kind of freaks out because she's like, what's that coming from? Oh, Jed, where's that, where's that phone coming from? So, um, but yeah, I mean, there was, there was a really, back in the sixties, there was a really lot of, a lot of cool ideas as to, as to what the Clampets had to deal with, um, every day living in a mansion. I mean, they called their, their, their pond, they called their, their, their pool, the, the cement pond. And, uh, there was always a guy coming out to clean the cement pond and uh, they could never keep fish in there because he was always throwing chlorine in there and killing off the, all the fish that they would keep in the pond, um, which you know was a giant Olympic-sized swimming pool. So yeah, that's that's about what I got. You know, they're basically they 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 strike it rich with a dot uh, com computer program, and uh, basically they realize that hey, we can live in Beverly Hills. I think it'd be funny if like if it started off like because now in this day and age like basically they're far they had so much land that they sold out to uh, like a wind energy company and now they have a bunch of windmills <laughs> you know and they have to move away you know move out because they don't want to live next to all these windmills because they're you know new technology and stuff. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of a cool premise. <laughs> nice. So. Um, oh, even, uh, yeah, windmills, um, maybe like a, a Tesla battery station and they, they, they don't want to be around all the, uh, the high powered transmission lines. Right. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I got for, uh, for a, a modern take. Um, and I, I, I guess yeah, I, I kind of like your windmill idea. I think there'd be a lot of, a lot of more hilarity with, uh, granny having to deal with, you know, her, garden blowing over from all the windmill uh turbulence she'd be the one that would talk talk the family into moving because of windmill cancer <laughs> um, windmill cancer <laughs> yeah our uh, president said something about too many windmills would give us windmill cancer <laughs> but uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> How do you test for windmill cancer? You go out with a windsock and put it up in front of the windmill and it's got like test strips on it. <laughs> hey, your windmill has cancer. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, that's about all I got for the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add about some of the classic uh, episodes or, or a modern take? Uh, not at this moment, no. No? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's uh let's go ahead and recap our, our lists real quick and then we'll uh we'll wrap this guy up and then uh oh, well hopefully get ourselves some sleep because it's it's nearing the eleven o'clock hour. Alright, well, well since you're the guest, why don't you go ahead and uh 
give a quick rundown of your list of the uh, of your recast, and then um, I'll do mine, and then we'll, uh, we'll call it an evening. Yep. So, so as Jed, I ha- or I had Sam Elliott as Jed, uh, Betty White playing the crazy grandma, uh, Kaylee Cuoco playing Kelly, Ashton Kutcher playing Jethro, uh, Michael Caine playing Mister Drysdale, uh, Kate McKinnon playing Jane Hathaway. And Susanna Thompson playing Mrs. Drysdale. Nice. I, I really like a lot of your list. I kind of wish I would have picked some of those characters for myself. Um, but instead, <laughs> but instead, I got for Jed Clamp, I got William Sadler. Uh, Granny is Carol Kane. Ellie May is Rose McIver. Uh, Jethro Bodine was Robbie Amell. Uh, Milburn Drysdale was David Anders. Uh, Jane Hathaway was Maggie Grace. And... Margaret Drysdale was played by Allie Larder. All right, folks. Well, if you've enjoyed the show and our discussion of the Beverly Hillbillies and a modern take of that, um, you can check out some of our other episodes at the 60s Reboot Podcast over at the emcpod.net slash 60s Reboot. Um, you can find our show on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at 60s Reboot. And if you have a suggestion for a show, or if you just want to give us some input, because I'm always looking for input, um, you can email me at 60sreboot at gmail.com. That is 60sreboot at gmail.com. All right, Jasper. Well, if, if our listeners wanted to follow you or listen to some of your stuff, where can they find that? Uh, well, you can find us on Twitter at GCU Podcast or on the Electronic Media Collective. Or you can find me on my personal Twitter, which is at Caranzo Media, which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O Media. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for joining me this evening um, and covering the Beverly Hillbillies. Which, um, just out of curiosity, since you were a big fan or you enjoyed watching the Beverly Hillbillies, did you watch any of the sister shows uh, like Petticoat Junction or Green Acres? I watched Green Acres. Petticoat Junction actually got got past me. I don't ever remember watching. Remember that one being one back then until a couple years ago. But yeah, I, w- I did watch Green Acres. Nice. Well, listeners, we this is actually one of three podcasts that I'm going to do. Where I'm actually going to cover the rest of the sister shows as well, Petticoat Junction and Green Acres, um, which will be uh, released in the future once I find some other co-hosts. Maybe I'll have to send my gnome out to try and try and find one. <laughs> so, but uh, again, Jasper, thank you for joining me. Um, I look forward to talking to you in the future. And um, yeah, having me. And uh, listener, like I said, if you feel like emailing the show, sending me any of your comments, any suggestions for other 60s television shows, I am always open for uh, ideas. So, but uh, thank you and good night. She was, you know, you know, it was, it was like she was that that for that role.
Hold on a second. I'm recording a podcast. I forgot to lock my doors. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so back to the scene. So, uh, you know, she was, 